Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. All right, Julie. Uh, we have a few episodes in the bank. Uh, woo woo. Let's see. What do we want to talk about tonight? Oh, I've got one. The common phrase we always hear in every class. Coach the client. Very good. Coach the client, not the problem. Let's talk about that because we're really helpers. How does that work for you in your life? Being a helper. (laughs) Or trying not to be a helper and rather being a coach. Trying not to be a helper. Um, Right. Yeah, I'm definitely a helper. Uh, Definitely like to make sure people feel supported and secure. Um, You know, something that I think is uh, coming up for me that we've talked about maybe a little bit before is that switch from advice giving, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely kind of go into that helper and support mode by sharing my thoughts and my advice. And you don't do that. That's not, that's, you know, that's coaching that problem and trying to give solutions to that. So that's been a big shift. Yeah, it's something that I think I wanted to talk about specifically again, because I know we had brought up, we were advisors, we've been mentors for folks, um, we both, we've both done some consulting in our work paid jobs, as well as other things that we do. It's, it's really hard to break from that, especially if someone comes to you because um, they, they see that you might have some knowledge in this area or some experience and they, they're like, oh, Julie would be really good to talk about it. And as a coach, that would be great. So I was trying to think about um, things in the last couple of weeks while I was coaching um, that kind of would trigger that I want to jump into that problem. And so I, w- I don't know if there's any for you, but I'll give you an example. Like some people have t- come to me about um, just working online and I, my experience in online teaching and online learning. Um, so they really want the answer when the idea of coaching the client is your clients have the answer within them and we have to really trust them. And so I have to be cautious of things like online learning or maybe even time management productivity or time, I guess, chunking, like that I don't jump in and give a solution. We have to let our clients get there. Are there topics that you're kind of aware of that you're like, oh, that might be one that I need to make sure I hold back and restrain my helper self when you're coaching? For sure. I think, you know, career path and career changes. We've both done this recently. And as I've gotten older, I think taking those risks or making those jumps have been easier, right? It's easier to kind of discern and talk about what matters and talk about, you know, and, and ask those questions. And and so I think holding back from from digging in too much because my perception of much like you're saying like, Hey, here's a strategy that works for me for time management, right? Like here's, here's what tipped the scale for me when making this decision. And that's, that's not what you want to offer because it can seem like a really good idea at the time, right? Like we've all been in those situations when you have a big decision or you're really struggling with some options and someone else says to you, like, you know what? I always get the vodka sauce. And you're like, that sounds great. <laughs> I want the vodka sauce, you know, and, and you get it. And it's like, not exactly what you wanted and it's fine, but you know, you, you took that opinion and didn't actually think through it. And I think that's really inviting when you have been struggling with something for so long, right. Or you're, you've had a lot of anxiety about making a decision. So 
anyways, but I think that shows up for me a lot in kind of a career space right now. Yeah, this came up in a class of mine. Um, I, I have a different class in Julia I do on Thursdays. And I was thinking I skated the line of coaching the problem versus the client. And it was on time management. So this is like me owning up to, um, I had to remember to ask like what this time spent on a task meant to the, the clients and what stories they tell them about time instead of saying, oh, you could just like chunk this day or time or maybe give yourself some space. And it's not about that because it's really individual and we all might get these like great hacks of productivity or, or time management. But um, <laughs> Katie said it really well. She goes, Laura skated the line after I did the demo. I was like, I did because I really wanted to solve the problem. But sometimes... I think some of the questions we often ask our clients are um, what have you learned from it or what have you done in the past that's helped you to do it is more helpful because they probably have already done something like this before and asking them those powerful questions um, brings it back to being more client-centered because we're each our own little unique snowflake and maybe it's not going to be the same. Like maybe my hack isn't going to be the best solution for them. And then if they try it and they fail, that's even worse damage, I think. And I think you're right on when you talk about you're coaching the client, like asking those questions to understand like what has worked for you before, because that's that that signals something that could be sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. Like trying on someone else's approach or technique might not be sustainable. And like you've already said, then it's real damaging. Like you've damaged the coaching relationship, their self-confidence, maybe, you know, like their motivation to keep going, depending on kind of what that issue is. And so really digging into what the client can do or what the client feels like might be a viable option, I think is, is it's like ethical, right? I mean, that's, that's, or the ethics of coaching. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I think uh, the other thing I, I, I kind of like it. It's um, there's like a slacker question that someone had once said it was a powerful question was like, how can I help? Which is ironically, we're not helpers, but if you say, how can I help? let them talk out their solution. And um, I think it was like the, the coaching habit that talked about it. And he, he makes it say, be a blunt that you're asking like how you can help, but really your client's going to talk back and talk out loud. Some of the things they are thinking about, and we're just going to ask them more about what do you think you should do at this point? Or what's your next um, item that you want to kind of discuss around that um, is more useful because it may not even be like the issue may not even be time management. It may be something else that's holding them back from doing the thing. I don't know. Um, It's hard to do it though. Like I'm just trying to think about how I can better hold back on any triggers in the future. Yeah. You know, Katie said something really great with me. I had my first observation Mm -hmm. and I think rather than offering tips and hacks, uh, like you were kind of skating the line, I was skating the line of like, let me just sum up the problem for you. Because I was like, I want, and I, you know, it's funny because in my mind, I'm like, they have to come to their own solution. But I was like, I could just get us there five minutes faster and then it'd be better, you know? And so getting them to like come up with their own solutions and hacks, Katie gave me the feedback around how much more powerful is it when the words come out of their mouth, even if you are right with your observation, right? And, and they can take it and run with it, whether it's the solution to the problem or you've like outlined some, you know, key pieces of that. It might be right, but it's far less impactful if they hear it from you than it is they've come to that realization and made that leap themselves or made that connection themselves. And that really 
kind of put me in my place, right? In a way that and I think because of being a helper and because of wanting people to succeed, being like, wow, I don't want to take that away from someone, right? In a coaching experience or in a coaching session. So really being patient and letting them get there. Yeah, we talked about this in the last episode when I reflected on my interpretation as an observation. And also, like, I think some of what you want to do is, maybe it's not the summarizing, but we talked about repeating and affirming or um, that's the where you say, you said this and then you ask it a question to follow up or could you tell me more is actually more helpful um, to get them to say the thing out loud and come to that realization because it's really powerful in f- the clients hear it in their own voice. And that's what I've heard more and more. People have said, I've never said this out loud or that's a deep question that I've never really put to words before. And I think there is power in hearing your own voice reflect out loud and you're admitting something that you haven't said before to yourself out loud or as anyone else is actually kind of quite moving. Yeah. You've been doing some practice coaching um, and I was wondering like, what are some ways that you're kind of putting that client-centered focus first as we think about um, putting, trusting the clients and letting them trust themselves and what they're saying? Yeah, I am really, um, I found it important for me to balance uh, not wanting to feel successful at the end of a session, right? And by that, I mean, as you're starting to get into something new, like I want to be able to say, look, I checked all the boxes or look, like they felt progress. Um, and I've really worked on setting that aside. And, you know, follow the structure, like set the agenda. I feel really comfortable setting the agenda, right? Like kind of being in that space. Um, And so, and then let's go with that. And if we drift away, right, a good session is not going to be marked by the fact that we go back and say, did everything go as outlined at the beginning, right? There's ways to check for this. We've talked about some of it. We can talk about other things later, but right, like letting my own success kind of go has been really important for me to have that patience or, or to be willing to explore with the client. Yeah, we talked about a little around agenda setting, but it is like the kind of what's your goal? Why is this important to you now? And what do you want to take away from it? And so if there isn't a takeaway at the end of the session, that's not impossible. That's impossible. There can always be a takeaway because you can ask them, even if you took a tangent or you went in a different direction, you can always ask like, what have you learned for this conversation? And, or what are you taking away from what we've talked about today? And your client should be summarizing it. And that's kind of like, their takeaways, even if it's not exactly the same, same. I, th- I think I learned the same thing as you. Like we had this session that was not about a solution or resolution. It was just about change. So the tool's called Change Talk. And I'll just tell you a little bit about it because it's a precursor to what you might want to learn. It's making your client talk about a desired change, not committing to a particular amount of activities or out- outcomes or actions, but just talk about like what if. The what if this happened, what would that be? And the end of it was kind of like, oh, wait, you, I don't have to resolve it? That actually sounds pretty awesome. Like, it's just talking out loud about the pros and cons, or if this didn't happen, or I didn't get this position, or I'm not going to train for this marathon, what happens? Like, it's going to be um, one that's not defined by a goal, but defined by what would be the result of a change? Um, so that's kind of an interesting concept. Have you had that change talk with anyone lately? No, but I have, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying and I think it is super relevant, right? Because mm-hmm. how much of when we're seeking that input from others is around some of that change talk, change talk right? Like it's yeah. talking through those 
like, oh, what if this happens? And just having a sounding board. And I think it's great. You know, I, coaching is not therapy, but I, I've talked with a lot of folks about therapy before. And I, typically one of the ways that I would sell this, particularly to students working with students in our past, I would say a, a therapist is like team you all the time right? Like they're there to help you. They don't care about like the other side. I mean, they do, but you know, like they're there to focus on you. And I think a coach is the same way. So as you're like struggling with these decisions, it is not a therapy relationship, but the coach is going to be team you and want to hear what your thoughts are and help you process through those thoughts. So it, it might not be the decision making that is like the, the big win. The big win could be that change talk, like you're saying, like vocalizing what happens if this doesn't happen. You know, like what, what's the worst possible outcome that wasn't, you know, like our worst case scenario, if, if this does or does not come true. And that's where I think the money is, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the good stuff. I also like that some of it is sitting with the clients and even like if there's awkward pauses, that's okay. So it's not like a regular conversation. So people are like, well, why would I go to a coach if I could just talk to my friend? And I, and I think there's a tendency in our regular conversations to fill that space. Um, and we know this in meetings, like we go to some common meetings and committees we're on just at work. I, I just think about the people are like, give a pause and leave the air for someone to think about. Like if you asked a question is, is really important. And if they're not talking, they might be thinking, or they might be, they might even say, I don't know, which is them still processing. And we just jump too quickly in regular conversations to get to the, tell me a thing, answer me. Don't leave those silent space. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I did in my first session have to sit on my hands. So that it was like, <laughs> it was my reminder to like, just be patient. <laughs> sit and thank on your you, hands. You know, Zoom is shoulder up these days. So the client couldn't really tell that I was just sitting on my hands the whole time. <laughs> you know, that's as expressive people. I think that's not a bad idea. Cause yeah, like I'm sitting with my arms crossed right now, but you know, I'm not mad at you, but your client could pick up on something you're doing, uh, your prayer hands, whatever reactions. Um, I think, yeah, I've been practicing my stoic. Mm -hmm. I got a compliment on mine. I felt like I won. Katie was like, Oh, your mm's are, are great. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what are you, what's your sound? Mm -hmm. Just like a, mm. 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 Yeah. So this is the responding back to the client. Not, and it's not to not give them anything, but I think it's really cool that we're thinking about they have space by like, and it's not that we're not saying anything. It's not, it's just, we're saying less so they can yeah. talk out some things and yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations on your first observation. Are you feeling good? What else did you take away from that? We should, I know we're, t we're talking about trusting the client, but this is really relevant because it sounds like you did uh, trust the client. Yeah, I think the other big piece that I took away was uh, being open to that to that patient my of my own, right? Being patient on mm -hmm. my end. And back to trusting the client, right? Like, it's got to be their journey. It's got to be their exploration. Like, it does no good if I take them six steps ahead when they were not ready to do that, right? Like, that's that doesn't win the prize, so... Yeah, and I also think... I think we kind of advise this way, too, is... If we could coach the client, not the problem, they become the problem solver and they don't have to come back. Ideally, I love that for my advisees. I want them to come back and tell me great news, but I don't want them coming back with always a problem. Um, if they can't help to do their own kind of work and be resilient and figure it out, we want to give them the skills and tools and actualize the things they can already do. Um, and so if we jump into that problem, they're always going to come back to us and be like, 
hey, hero, helper, person, yeah. coach. That's not what a coach, a good coach does. And I kind of like that idea of um, you have a successful three, six, nine sessions with me, and then you're out in the world killing it. That'd be great. Was there anything else from your observation that you picked up or learned from that conversation afterwards? Not really. No, we had, we had some major themes. We talked about, um, uh, and you know, I got feedback that my powerful questions were fine, which I kind of expected. I think I credit advising with that. Right. And some experience with motivational interviewing, which we were talking about behind the scenes, which is different, but uh, the same in a lot of ways. Um, we'll do an episode on that. We'll do motivational interviewing. Yeah. Let's do an episode on that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, uh, it was good to get that reinforcement that I was like applying those skills correctly, but the, the notion of asking questions in a way that invites opinions from the client or very open-ended questions was not necessarily a new skill. So it was just flexing it a different way, but it was good to know that it was on the right track. I think that's great. I think those are things that good conversationalists do. So I, I don't have a doubt that you were good at that because... You know, you really want to know what, what people are interested in and talking about without asking about the informational questions. And I think you'd probably be really good at that. Yeah. The other piece, though, it was interesting to get, and I noticed it, and it um, got better throughout the session we listened to. And Katie described it as barnacles. I want to give her credit because I really liked it. But <laughs> Barnacles, that, tell me more. Yeah, <laughs> things that were attached to the question. So I was feeling at the beginning of the session uh, the need to give a lot of context to even the question I was asking Right. And, and so wanting to kind of explain where that question was coming from, which faded away maybe 10, 12 minutes into the session, which was good because then, you know, Katie's advice was like, just leave it with the question. Like all that context might lead them in a way that they weren't necessarily going to go. So just ask the question. So instead of saying like, oh, you know, I heard, like, I heard you say this and then I'm wondering how this might be related to this and then blah, asking the question, right? Like cutting that down, you know, um, and, and changing that up a little bit yeah it's like leading um i think that makes brings me back to research like you don't want to lead uh the people you're researching you're asking questions about you don't want to lead them to give an answer that's biased or you've set them up to give the answer you want and that taints kind of like what they've what they're going to actually talk about so it's being more I don't know. I don't want to say it between us. Uh, being more blunt. Uh, you and I don't have this problem, but like the idea of like, it's like a, what do you want from me? kind of question. It's um, so I think the only barnacle you could probably keep out there is like out of curiosity or could you help me understand or just so I know, and then ask the question because I think if we give them too much that they're like, Oh, the coach, let's the coach is the person that with all the answers when that's not true. The client has the answers. Yeah. Right. Uh, I know you're also applying these to help little ones help themselves. Uh, any good powerful questions asked to them in terms of not the problem, like not you solving the problem and getting them to solve their own problems? We've a lot started asking the question, like, what would you do, what would you do to solve this right now? Right? Like kind of giving them that first and a little more directive than you might be with a client because they are still young. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but like, you know, or what do you want the outcome of this to be? right? And fighting with each other, like, or coming to be like, man, this person did this to me, like typical sibling stuff, but really kind of asking them, like, what do you want the outcome to be? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, and this is, this is a great skill, like, for managers and peers, like working on a team, like, you don't want to always have to be solving someone else's problem if you're supervising or you're on a team or leading something. So asking the, asking your fellow peers, like, 
that's great. Uh, what do you think you should do about this? And I have some ideas, but where, where do you, what do you think you, we should do first? Yeah. 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 Definitely. And then on the first day, the answer's like, I'm going to go grab that knife. And we're like, mm, nope, let's try again. What's the next first step? What's a different first step? <laughs> then we get into mediation and disputes. So, yeah. So I think um, pro- getting people to be their own problem solvers is really great. And it empowers anyone that we're talking to that to think about, they have it within. Just yeah. bring it out. I like that idea. I do like that idea too. Any good reads that are on your shelf these days that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? No. Mm-mm. I just finished my books this week. The last ones we were talking about. You got those? Uh, okay. Yeah. So no new. I have to figure out what my new is. I got like three that flew in from the library at the same time. All fiction. Oh. Okay. That's uh, good. Don't remember the names of all of them. And okay. uh, so that's where I'm at. What about you? Yeah. The one that I started reading for, we have a coaching book club thing that happens every now and then I got, it was called start finishing and it's by this dude that was like former um, Navy and uh, Navy SEAL. Uh, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that, but he essentially it's about getting things done. So the book's called um, start finishing how to go from idea to done. So, of course, coaching folks want to read it in our cohort. Um, but it talks about like, what I liked about the book. I'm only a few chapters in, but he brings up the idea of projects and not just work projects or career stuff. It's like projects in your life that we spend um, typically three to five years on doing the things. And this could be like getting married, could be moving, could be this. And I'm like, God damn, that's why I'm stressed out. I've had like five projects at once. Um, so um, I, I like the idea of um, we don't do ideas, we do projects and we have to think about where our best time and energy goes. And so it's kind of about like, self-helpy meets it's stuff that i think we could be used with clients and talking about habit building or if they're thinking about um motivations for things to doing things getting things accomplished but i like the idea of figuring out your best work and the best like i've always liked the idea of when do you do your best work and how do you do your best work and what you need to take away or add on to think about that so this is just me in chapter three um but i do like you like the area about like head trash like what we think about that's based on our experiences histories and context and how we need to sweep that away and move forward um so he asked some really good questions around like um those kind of motivations and what are our blockers and things and it makes sense to uh me because we think about that at work on a day-to-day basis so that's that's one i'm reading now um maybe i'll join that book club I've said that a lot though, but it might be good. Yeah, this, yeah, this is the main book club. I, so there's a different one. Um, I think they're doing Untamed as well, which I know you've read that before. <sighs> Don't get me started. You know how much I love it. <laughs> you do love that book. We have talked about it in episode three, so we'll leave it there if you want to listen back to that conversation. Other book I haven't read, just checked out. I uh, heard about it on a podcast, but I thought you might like it. But it's called Tell Me More. Uh, Kelly Corrigan. She is the author of the middle place. So it's stories about the 12 hardest things I'm learning to say. And she is an interviewer and Glendon Doyle has a little sub quote on her book. Oh, well, you know, I'm in then. So <laughs> tell me more Kelly Corrigan. Uh, and it's like, it is really about asking people to, to ask better questions. So um, by saying, I don't know and tell me more and 
like I was wrong. And like, these are prompts that gets people to talk more about the thing in their life. So um, yeah, I think you might enjoy that. That sounds really great. I mean, honestly, do you know what we talked about? Matt and I talked about, we have to read a book about like boys as bodies coming up. Mm. If you, when you met me 10 years ago, ever (laughs) thought that you'd hear me say, I have to read a book about this. And I mean, for the listeners, don't worry. I understand. I understand the body, but you know, it's like when you're talking about the body to little people, I don't know. How do you do that these days when there's TikTok? Can I just tell them to watch a TikTok video and come back and tell no. them what they learned? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like there are some really good resources out there for parents to talk oh, yeah. more openly about this. I like the, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of NPR Life Kit episodes. They're less than 20 minutes and they usually have resources and books and things like that too. Yeah, so, yeah we have a few. I Maybe, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get lots of comments, but I can report back and uh, if anyone go. has suggestions for Julie, this will come out later, but um, yes. Well, I will think, I think our main topic of um, coaching the client, not the problems, really critical now. We are recording this in late October, 2020. Yeah. There's lots of problems out there. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. have to- And everybody is like, you know, I, which this goes without saying, but like, we're all in quote unquote, the same experience that is happening very differently to every single person. So if it is now more than ever, like, how are you making sure that you're connecting with that person? Not like making assumptions about their problem or their situation right now. Yeah. It's made me think more about like, I don't want to dwell on people. Like we all have like shit in our lives and I don't want to dwell on the thing that's the problem or that's bothering them, but unpacking some other truths that they know can can move them forward or empower them or have them like have some sort of agency. I think it's really critical right now. Yeah. I would agree with that a hundred percent. So that's why we now only talk about fun questions with each other and, and coaching as a practice. So thank you, Julie. Yeah. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> well, until next time, I guess I we're know. coaching through yeah. it. Coaching through it. Yay. Yay. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.